Um, okay, I think it is recording. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So welcome to the How to Start a Franchise Business webinar. I'm so excited to have my amazing, smart, genius friend, Patricia Botero St. John, uh, with us today to share with us how you can start a franchise business in the USA and get an E2 visa. So I'm very excited to uh, listen to how she built her $2 million spa business, how she has 30 years of experience helping other people start and how you can too. So thank you so much, Patricia. You're welcome. Thank you, everybody. Welcome, everybody. And um, so today we are going to discuss um, a very exciting topic to me, as you can see, uh, it's the E2 visa and franchise. And um, uh, we, we're going to discuss why a savvy foreign nationals can achieve legal residency in the United States with a franchise. So my name is Patricia Botero St. Jean, and I'm an international business coach here in the U.S. I live in Silicon Valley, in the heart of Silicon Valley, San Francisco Bay Area. And, uh, and I'm very fortunate. I came to this country quite a few years ago and uh, really absolutely love it, still love it today. Uh, I'm also an E2 visa specialist. So um, you are speaking to the person who is very, uh, you know, who is very enamored with business ownership and especially uh, moving from one country to another. So I came here in 1986 when I was in my early 20s. 1986, that's a long time. <laughs> I was in my early 20s then. Um, I had, then what I did is started a business because really that was the best way for me to create a job for myself and for other people. Uh, but as a result, I've spent 20 some years building a spa that grew to about $2 million in revenues and I made a tremendous amount of mistakes. Um, uh, knowing what I know today, I probably would have done a lot of things differently and this is why I'm here to share with you what, uh, some of what I have learned. Um, I'm also a coach, a mentor, a writer, and a public speaker in the realm of small to mid-sized business ownership. I'd like to partner with networks of franchisers um, that have a high-quality franchises that have been vetted. Uh, I'm also the founder of Open for Business Co. And that's an educational platform where we research business investments and we support entrepreneurs. We provide workshops and webinars, it's articles, etc. My education background is a BA in political economy from UC Berkeley, like very much like Lee. And uh, I also have an MBA in global innovations from uh, Cal State East Bay. I'm a certified business mentor at SCORE.org. If you don't know what SCORE is, I'll make sure that you find out because if you move to the US, this will be a great resource for you to have as you start your small business. It's a free resource provided by the US government. And I'm also a certified franchise coach. Patricia, so sorry to interrupt, but like I, yeah. I think the screen went away. Can you share the screen? I did. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Sorry about that. No, um, no worries. I did share the screen. Um, I think just press the middle button, <clears throat> and then you share like the desktop. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I see the beach desktop now oh you do okay yeah. so let's start over with the uh, presentation and sorry about that yeah no worries. that's always a challenge when you have uh, two people from two different areas on zoom yeah okay tell me what you see now do you okay. see okay yeah i see today's agenda okay yeah, perfect today's okay. agenda yeah. so today's agenda we're going to talk about what is the e2 visa number one number two what are the primary conditions to obtaining an E2 visa? Number three, why do I think, a lot of people think, that franchises are most ideal to obtaining an E2 visa? And also, we're going to talk about having a team of experts working for you to get your visa and to be successful in obtaining that visa. And also, we're going to discuss how we might work together. So what is an E2 visa? It's a non-immigrant visa. It's a, an instrument that the United States has created in order to encourage foreign nationals to invest in a U.S. business. Uh, if you bring, if you come to the U.S., you know, you uh, bring uh, foreign capital, you bring uh, your knowledge and your skills, and you create jobs, 
and, and you belong to one of those 80 treaty countries that has a treaty with the US, then you can uh, live here and reside here and travel as you wish and also, um, and, and legally, of course. Uh, it allows foreign nationals and their family to move here in the US. It means you can bring your spouse and your spouse does not have to work in the business. If you, bring, if you have an E2 visa and your spouse comes with you, your spouse can actually work for another company that has nothing to do with the business that you work, that you started. So that could be an advantage for some people. And also, of course, you bring your family, your, your children who are under the age of 21 years old and not married. They are also allowed to uh, legally reside here in the U.S., school, etc. When they turn 21, however, they will need to uh, find other ways to stay in this country or return to the country of origin. Your visa is renewable for um, two to five years, as long as your business is uh, in operation and successful. So let's look at the primary conditions to obtaining a visa. Again, citizen of a treaty country. There are 80 treaty countries that have um, uh, an exchange with the U.S., uh, the major countries include Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, South Korea, Mexico, Pakistan, Philippines, Taiwan, the United Kingdom, and many more. There are some exclusions. Most notable countries that are not eligible are Ch mainland China, Russia, and Israel. However, there is a way to, uh, for people who can do that, there's a way to get an E2 visa, even if you are from these countries, by obtaining a visa from another country, uh, from Grenada, for example. But that's something for more details. Um, uh, I have a list of the 80 countries, or you can find it online if you'd like, but if anybody is interested, I can also email that to you guys. Uh, the investment uh, minimum. There's no actual investment minimal for the E2 visa. However, um, you know, there are people who claim that they can get you an E2 visa or attorneys that can say, say you can have an E2 visa with $10,000 or $20,000. It's highly, highly difficult to do that because the reason for that is that you have a, to have a really good business model that is going to prove that you, your business is viable. Very hard to prove that a business is viable if you cannot live on that business and if you cannot hire um, U.S. workers uh, with that business. So you know you need to have uh, to have a reasonable business that can have a reasonable amount of income. You need to probably invest more than hundred thousand dollars or higher um, in that business in order to be approved by the consular. Uh, the officer of uh, the consular officer at uh, when you apply for your visa. As I said, um, the lower amount is possible, but you have greater risk of rejection, which is not a situation where you want to find yourself. Because uh, I'll explain to you later. You know, the process of obtaining the visa is you make the investment first, and then you apply for the visa. So if you're rejected, then you will have to reapply, and uh, you know, from the beginning, or lose your initial investment. Um, you have to create two, at least two local jobs for U.S. workers with your business. You have to prove with your business plan that your, your business will be able to do that. And you have to be the principal controlling position of the company. So if it's a, a less than $100,000 investment, you need to own 100% of that business. Now, if you invest above $500,000 business, then you can probably have 50% or 51% ownership and somebody else can invest the rest, uh, the, the, the rest of the, uh, the investment. If it's a business that is between $150,000 and $500,000, then you need to have 75% of uh, controlling shares of that business. Let's see, what else? Um, the f you must invest your personal funds in the company, and of course, you must to prove you must be able to prove the lawful source of funds. Of course, the U.S. doesn't want to have people come here bring money that has been obtained in in shady fashion. So they want to prove that the money that you're using for your investment comes from a legitimate source. And finally, your business needs to be a qualifying business, and this is where the franchise model. Um, is very helpful, and we'll, we'll go into that uh, a little bit later. 
Um, so what are your choices in order to um, get an E2 visa? Well, you actually have four choices. You can do a startup business from zero. Um, you know, that's a business where you have a brilliant idea and you have a business plan that you've created and you have some projections and you have some resources and you uh, prove, you know, find a, a way to prove to the um, consular officer that your business is actually viable. So some people can do that. You can also buy an existing business. You know, someone has built a business over the years and they're ready to give it up, retire or, or do something else and they're willing to sell it. So that's a possibility too. And uh, thirdly, you can buy an existing franchise resell. So that's a franchise that somebody has developed in this country. Um, they invested in a new franchise and build it up and they have, uh, you know, they have everything established and they're willing to, again, to sell it and do something else. Or you can start a new franchise unit. All of these choices have pros and cons, and that's what we're going to look at right now. So let's look at starting a business from your brilliant idea. What are the pros for that? Uh, well, the advantage of starting a business from scratch is that it's your idea and it's your creative freedom. You can do whatever you want with it. If you are bent on uh, starting a business and deciding uh, from the color of the walls to the type of uh, you know, um, CRM that you're going to use or computer or equipment, and you're going to do market research and you're going to find your segment of clients that you're going to try to address and, and, and help, um, that's you know, something that you can do with your own business idea. You also get to choose the location, uh, something that you may not be able to do with a resale or with even a franchise. So you know, there are some advantages to starting a business from scratch. There are also some disadvantages. One of them is it's harder to prove the viability of your business plan because it's unproven, right? So you have to have something very, very well designed and very well crafted in order for the consular officer to truly understand how your business is going to make money. So remember, there's a, lot, a couple of things I'm interested in. Is your business viable enough for you to live, you and your family to live comfortably in the U.S.? They don't want people to come here, start a business, and become poor. Um, and the second thing is, is your business viable where it will be able to create jobs and contribute to the American economy? That's the second, uh, second uh, reason, one thing, the thing that they want. So you need to prove that in your business plan. Um, it will have a longer ramp-up time and profitability because it's brand new, but also you're brand new in this country. Now, you may be a very experienced business owner. Maybe in your country you're one and you've done you've a lot of experience. So you already have a head start there, but you're still moving to a new country. For most people, it's going to be a cultural shock at some point. It was for me when I came here from France. So I imagine from a lot of people it is too. Um, and, you know, you have to adapt yourself to the English language, to all the uh, idioms that, uh, that you have here in the U.S. Um, so it will take a bit longer time. So that means if it takes longer time to ramp up and to become profitable, you're going to need to save enough working capital on your business for you to live on and pay your bills while the business is ramping up. So that would create an additional expense. You know, it will be the same way with a franchise, for example, but you know, not necessarily with a resale. Um, again, I said that earlier, it's difficult to explain a growth path to, path to the consular officer, officials. And starting a new business in a new country can be challenging for some people. Now let's look at buying a resale. So that's an independent business that somebody created maybe five years or two years or 20 years ago, and they are ready to, you know, to let it go, sell it. They want to retire maybe, or maybe they want to do something entirely different, or maybe they got bored or they want to do, uh, or they don't like it anymore. So you're looking at buying a business that's already established. So there's some great advantages to that. It's easy to find an existing business for sale. I've worked in brokerage where I sold, uh, worked with people and sold some who sold some uh, small businesses, 
and there are tons of small businesses for sale. The trick is, um, you know, and it's easier to live on a business and move to the U.S. if the business is already uh, profitable, right? The other advantage is the customer base, the vendors, the employees are already in place. So that's also an advantage to you, right? Now, here's the, con uh, the cons of buying a resale. Finding one that is profitable is very hard. Those businesses do not stay on the market very long because, uh, you know, they are a lot safer than starting a business. Now, you're going to have tons of businesses. I said, remember earlier, I said, you're going to have tons of businesses that are for resale. The vast majority of those businesses are not making money or even losing money. So you need to be careful if you make an investment in an existing business that the business is actually uh, profitable and that you can live on it. Successful business are going to require a larger investment, which makes sense, right? Let's say you start a business and you grow it over 10 years or 20 years. You know, you're not going to sell it for the same price as it costs to obviously build a brand new one. You're going to cash in on what we call equity or goodwill, right? And uh, so that means the business is going to be more expensive than if you start something brand new. The falsified uh, financial statements can happen, especially when you have a cash transaction type of business. I've seen a lot of businesses where the owners say, oh, but you know, this is what we put on our taxes, but we have a lot of cash transactions that are not there. Well, how do you prove that, right? Uh, the typical broker who is ethical will not take a business that is not, is not going to value business and include the cash transaction in it because it's something that you can't prove, right? But there are some people who sell businesses and they just promise that, yeah, we made X amount of dollars in cash, but you can't see it, right? So then you really expose yourself to some risk. Um, there may be some legacy issue and liabilities that can be hidden. Let's say you buy a business and the previous owner who is selling it to you uh, is forgetting to tell you that one of his customer or her customers is not happy and that customer happens to represent 30 or 40 or 50% of the business. You know, here you are, you buy the business and boom, you know, um, that customer decides they don't want to work with that company, with your company anymore. You're losing a good portion of your revenue. So those things are difficult to prove, right? It could also be a lawsuit that, you know, the, the existing owner knows it's on the, it's on the current, it might happen, and then you buy the business and here goes the lawsuit, it's happening, and you're the one responsible for it. So there could be some issues, and, but they are preventable. That's why you need to hire uh, people, experts, who can do the due diligence for you. And the due diligence can be expensive. Let's say you need to hire a forensic accountant, for example, to make sure that these numbers check and they are, uh, you know, they are real. Um, you know, you're going to have to pay for that accountant. Of course, it doesn't stop you from um, somebody else uh, buying the business while uh, you're doing the forensic accounting, right? While you're trying to figure out whether this business works, you may you spend the money to do the research, due diligence, and boom, somebody else comes in and buys the business from, from, uh, from that person. So, you know, you are taking a risk. Uh, with a business that's in place already. Uh, you don't also don't have any support while you run the business, and there may not be any processes or systems in place already, so you may have to do those. Um, now, here's the next, uh, the, third, um, the third choice that we discussed earlier is to buy an existing franchise, a resale. Now, this is kind of like the best of both worlds, right? Um, but there are some disadvantages to that. I'm going to start with those and then we'll go to the, uh, to the pros. Um, what are the, the cons? Again, you're going to have to deal with competing with local potential buyers, right? There may be some resales uh, available, but there's a whole bunch of people who are interested in, especially if it's a successful business. Um, the location in the city is already determined, so you don't get to choose where that business is going to be unless it's a movable business, which could be, but if it's a brick and mortar location, then uh, you don't really have a choice. You know, there may be some better location, maybe even sometimes moving your business across the street makes a tremendous amount of difference in uh, the type of revenues and clients, how many clients and customers they get. 
So the location is already predetermined, um, just like a resale. It may not be the state or the city even that you want to live in. You know, uh, finding a resale is a little bit of luck, right? Uh, again, if the franchise, existing franchise is successful, then you're going to have to pay for the, for the goodwill of the previous owner. Um, the cost of due diligence, we come up with the same situation. You need an accountant to verify the earning claims, so that may cost you money too. And you could be outbid by other buyers who are more local. That's, of course, always a risk. Now, what are the advantages? In general, franchises, whether they are existing franchise that's built up and for resale or a brand new one, is going to be regulated by the Federal Trade Commission in the U.S., the FTC which means there are certain things they cannot say or cannot do in order to continue to operate in the country. They net, they, and as a result, they tend to be a little bit more conservative in their earning claims, which means they're not going to lie as easily about how much money they're making as an independent business, for instance. Um, there's more transparency on how the business works. And again, they have a customer base and employees in place. So let's look at investing in a brand new franchise unit. What are the cons? In general, for the people who decide they don't want to be investing in a franchise, one of the main reasons is that they don't want to follow somebody else's established system. And, and again, franchise is great for some people and it's not for others. If you're very creative or you have difficulties following already established a methodology or you feel that you're gonna do it better, um, I don't recommend it, especially in the franchise because they've already spent a ton of money, time and energy figuring what works and what doesn't work in their business. So, you know, you won't be able to change the menu or the type of services that you're offering or even the type of products that you're offering your business because it's already predetermined by the franchisor. So you need to be willing to trust and follow an established system. Um, the cost of investment for any kind of business that is new, whether it's an independent business or a franchise, the cost of investment is gonna vary with city and state. So let me explain that. Um, Let's say you want to open, I don't know, a restaurant or, or spa or hair salon or some brick and mortar location in San Francisco, California or in New York City. Well, it's going to cost you to build the walls and to do the leasehold improvement a lot more money in those two areas than it would, for instance, somewhere in Idaho or in the Midwest or somewhere else. So... When you invest in a franchise, they're going to tell you, for example, oh, the investment cost for this is $200,000. It's an average. It's, it's basically, they know exactly how much the franchise fee is going to cost, right? But they don't know exactly how much it will cost to actually build up the location. So that's something you need to do an estimate before you invest, right? And the good news is that they usually will help you with that. Another disadvantage of a franchise is of course the franchise fee, which you have to pay, and the royalties. The franchise fee is what you pay when you start a franchise. It's your access to their business model, access to their methodology, and all the systems they've created to the, over the years. And the royalties is what you, a small percentage of what you pay on your gross revenues. Now, what are the pros of investing in a franchise unit? It's a turnkey business with methods, right? And that's what you pay when you pay a franchise fee. Now, the franchise fee might be twenty to sixty to seventy thousand dollars. Usually, they are around thirty thousand, forty thousand, depending on the business type. But the franchise fee is a one-time payment to have access to the franchisor's methodology. Then um, the franchisor, but on the other hand. As we, we talked about, you know, the cost of build-up and finding a location, the challenge, it could be challenging in some areas, like where I am, it's, it can be challenging to find a retail location that is affordable and that is a good location. Um, but the franchisor is going to have a real estate team to help you with that. So they'll make the studies and the research to make sure that the location you choose is going to have the, the foot traffic, 
the car traffic, the demographic that is required for that particular business to be successful. So then we also have support and training, very important, especially, especially when you come from another country. You know, you have so many things to figure out when you get here. Uh, you know, the support and training and just being able to go somewhere and have somebody teach you how to operate a business from A to Z is invaluable, especially as a foreign national who has never lived here. Um, and it's ongoing support. So let's say you're in business. It's not just the first month when you get started. Every month, sometimes every week, you have conferences or calls. You have coaching teams to help you stay on track and grow your business. And if you have issues, you have people to go to and talk to, you know, to, this, to, to help you with these problems. Because business ownership is about figuring out how to overcome problems, right? And, and you need that team on your own, uh, you know, if you start a business. And that's why you pay royalty for. The royalty is there, of course, for the franchisor to be able to survive as a company but it's also a payment uh, for you to receive the support and make you successful. It's kind of a synergy between you and the franchisor. The franchisee and franchisor have both a vested interest in making the business successful. You're not paying for goodwill or equity when you build a brand new franchise, right? The goodwill equity that you would pay for resale whether it's an independent business resell or a uh, franchise resell, is not going to be there because you're going to be building this up. You're going to be the one who will get the equity out of that business when you're ready to sell it, if you're ready to sell it someday. Also, you get to have more newer and more efficient equipment. Sometimes when you buy a resell, even a franchise, the equipment, the material you may be using could be dated, right? And new equipment, new material, better ways of doing things faster, more efficient, maybe out there. But since you invest in existing business, you're not going to be buying brand new equipment right at the beginning uh, to compete. So with a new franchise, you will get to have you know, the latest and greatest in the equipment or material that you need for your business. Again, we spoke about this already. Um, Franchising in the U.S. is regulated, so um, there are 23 items on a document that is called a franchise disclosure document, and every franchisor who is operating in all these states in, in, the, in the U.S. has to be registered with each state, and their franchise disclosure document has to reveal uh, exactly everything that is needed to know about the, the business, how to operate it, how much it costs, what are your responsibilities as a franchisee. This is something you don't get when you buy uh, an existing resale, independent business resale. That's something you will get if you buy a franchise resale. So you'll get to sign a franchise disclosure document and a franchise agreement, which of course you'll have to have your attorney re review. Another advantage of a new franchise is there are no legacy issue, no hidden liability. Again, it's a brand new slate, uh, it's a clean slate. You get to build your business with somebody else's methodology and knowledge and experience. You won't have unhappy customers or latent lawsuits with that business simply because you haven't been in business with that particular unit yet. So those are the advantages. Um, Let's see, what are the pros for franchises, uh, for, particularly for E2 visa applicants and also immigra immigration officials? So that's the thing. The immigration uh, officials may not always, I mean, they are business savvy people, but they're not going to try to really take a chance on something that is not, uh, not a slam dunk. That's why they like franchises. They understand franchising. They probably know uh, the national brands that you're considering uh, in the U.S. So it's very familiar with for them. Um, they know that a franchise will need to hire employees, you know, especially the franchises that we would choose. You know, we would pick one that hire employees and you, in order to succeed as a franchisee, you have to be able to leverage time. And how do you leverage time? You have hire, leverage time by hiring people's time, other people's time, which is employees. Otherwise, you just become a slave to your business, right? So they know 
that if you invest in a franchise, the officials will know that you will need to hire employees. Um, they are, as I said earlier, they are already familiar with national franchises, right? They know all these brands already. They are, they are something that they probably even use themselves. Um, they understand that a franchise has a proven vetted business plan. And that's another important piece of the puzzle is that as you apply for your E2 visa, you'll need to provide a business plan. Well, guess what? The franchisor already has one for you. You just have to adapt it to your territory and submit it. Uh, the required documentation, as I said, business plan, but also operation manuals is going to be in place. You know, this is everything from A to Z, how your employees need to provide the service or products that you will be selling in your business, including yourself. Uh, again, they'll have the franchise disclosure document, which is a 200-page document, legal document, and they also understand that there is a history of success. And when I say history of success as a franchisee, you will be the one um, who has a chance uh, to interview existing business owners in that brand uh, in several locations in the U.S. This is something you cannot do if you build a business from scratch. So you have the luxury of, um, you know, talking to existing business owners and asking them, what well, do you like this business? How does a franchisor treat you? Do they give you the support that they promised you? And uh, they don't have, the franchisees don't have a vested interest of telling you yes or no. It doesn't matter to them if you invest in that business, right? Uh, so they'll tell you the truth. And if, even if they don't say anything, you'll hear it in their voice, you know, the way they answer your questions. And uh, this is part of what I do with my client. I help them ask the right questions. I help them interview existing franchisees so they get to have the truth about uh, the business that they're about to invest in, in the franchise they're about to join as a partner. So we want to separate the facts from the fiction. So we want to make sure if you get into a business, you like it, and you are talking to people who don't just like it, you're talking to people who are already succeeding, succeeding in it. And again, so that's what I said, you can interview existing owners, we call that validation in the franchising world. Um, you also uh, will be speaking with franchisors who are experienced in facilitating E2 visa. So they'll know the process, those franchisors that we use will know the process. And you know, one advantage I actually just realized recently, I had forgotten really, um, because I came here 30 some years ago, um, the US is actually a very stable political climate, right? We, yeah, we have a lot of controversy in our country, but you know, you know, comparing to some countries, and I was listening to uh, visa investors, and they were mentioning that how much easier it is to do business here than it is in their own country, how much less red tape there is here in the U.S. And, and I agree with that. You know, I came from France 30 years ago, and, and, and especially then, now maybe it's a little bit different, but still there is a lot, of less, lot less red tape to start a business here than there, were, there was in France at that time. And I know it's still true for a lot of countries. And even some countries, you know, sometimes you have to, uh, you know, uh, give money under the table to get some paper approved or some permits approved, some random, uh, you know, um, business approved. Uh, we also have a stable judicial system. Um, that's something we do take for granted when we live here. But in some countries, it's a lot easier uh, to get sued. It's a lot easier to to uh, you know lose everything. You know, you know, you could even be from a country where one day the government decides that all businesses need to be owned by the state. Right? I've seen, we've seen that in history, right? So, and a franchise is going to give you a faster investment and visa approval. So let's talk about quickly. The major pros of a franchise investment for need to visa, number one, you have proven systems. Somebody is already succeeding in this business in the country. Number two, you have a training system. Somebody is going to train you ongoing, not just one time, but you're going to be constantly trained and retrained and your staff, the people you hire, you have a training manual, you have a training methodology. Number three, uh, branding. Uh, you're getting into a brand that already exists. 
And uh, if you start an independent business, you have to build your brand over time. So it's going to cost you time and also a lot of money. You're not going to have access to mega advertising dollars like a brand in franchising will, for example. So, um, and of course, they will support you in marketing, right? Uh, you're not just a grand opening, but ongoing marketing. They'll have marketing campaign, national campaign, but also supports you uh, in designing and creating a marketing campaign for your local uh, demographics. And uh, finally, uh, support. Uh, as I said that earlier, you get support. It's invaluable to the kind of support that you get, not just from the franchisor, actually. You also get to speak and meet with franchisees from other states or even other cities in your area or even in your own cities. So, you know, that kind of support is also very valuable because if you were on your own in a business by yourself, either a resale or in a brand new business that you start, you'll have to pay for all that support. You know, you'll have to hire uh, business coaches or people who are marketers or etc. So, you know, this is a very good, um, you know, a good way to, to, to grow a business. I just want to share a couple of success stories just to give you examples. Uh, I don't want to take too much time and I'm hoping that maybe we have some uh, questions um, you know, uh, to answer afterwards. Um, success stories we have here is Sandro and Daniela from Vienna, Austria. So what did they invest in? You can guess here they invested in a coffee shop not just any coffee shop, they invested in a Hawaiian-themed coffee shop. It's a super fun business. It's very flexible. You can have a shop or you can have a booth that you can travel with or several booths that you have your employees take from one event to another. Uh, it has uh, this vibe of uh, uh, tropical vibe and people really seem to, you know, especially in the U.S., everybody loves uh, Hawaii. So people uh, seem to really connect with that. So they do coffee and smoothies, etc. Um, they invested in Orlando, Florida uh, in August of 2015. And why did they choose this franchise for Need To? Um, they chose it because they liked the culture of the brand. They wanted something fun and they wanted to be something fun with a fun culture. And it is really that. They also wanted something with a lower investment, which Maui Wawi fit the bill for. And if you are curious, I can help you understand that more better too. Uh, another success story, a little bit different. This one was the date investment was in 2017, last June. And uh, this is Umberto, who is from Venezuela, and he's from uh, Italian uh, uh, descent. His location is also in Fort Lauderdale area. They chose this franchise to get an E2 visa because they love the model. Uh, they wanted something that would give them personal satisfaction, helping the community. And by the way, teaching kids, you know, tutoring kids with their school, uh, you know, here in the U.S., it's extremely competitive. Uh, kids want to get to the best colleges, so they often need to get extra tutoring classes in order to uh, improve their, uh, their test scores and get into the best universities. And um, that is a great way to connect with your community because you get to know the kids, you get to know the parents, you get to know the teachers, uh, you work along with the teachers. So this business model here, um, you know, in this case, because the, the business model is such a low investment, you cannot just invest in one little unit. You have to invest in what they call in the franchising world, a master unit. So basically, you own an entire territory, and you're the one bringing franchisees into the territory. So people are going to own individual units, and your role is to be leadership and support for these existing franchisees. And that's how you uh, receive income. So you don't actually do the tutoring yourself, although you could have one location if you wanted to, but you mostly support existing franchisees and you bring in them into your territory because your income is dependent on them too. Um, they also liked it because it's an easy to work, lower investment, and they like very much the support from Tudor Doctor. Tudor Doctor is a great brand too, as well, by the way. Um, they have some advice for E2 applicants. 
they have worked with many and they said that uh, um, they have been very successful, but you know, you have to be ready to work long hours at the beginning, especially in the first few months, especially when you establish yourself. And of course, you know, most of these franchises, but not all, but this one in particular, you do need to have a good command of the English language and enough money to live and operate uh, the franchise during the first few months. And that's going to be for every single business, right? You need to have money saved or reserved for your investment itself, but also money reserved for working capital so you can keep the lights on while your business is ramping up. And at some point, it's going to break even, and then it's going to be starting to be profitable. So you need enough money to go through that stage of ramp up, of growth. So um, here's my advice. I, if, even if you don't work with me, although I want to work with you because I love to work with E2 visas, don't do it alone. It's a lot of unknowns here in this country. Uh, you know, it will probably ultimately will cost you more money, more time and greater chance of failure if you go by yourself. So let me explain. You know, first of all, the number one thing you need to figure out is how to pick the right franchise for you. And it's an art. It's not just about having the money to spend on a business, not just about the business plan itself. It's also something that's going to fit you. And I'm the expert for that. I help you identify, number one, your lifestyle that you want to have. You know, what kind of life do you want to lead with this particular business? Also help you how much money, uh, understand how much money do you need to live on in this country uh, and how much money do you want to make down the road with this business? You know, if your goals are, you know, you want to make half a million dollars a year in five years, then there are certain types of businesses that are going to allow you to do that. Others are mostly unrealistic. This is where I'll be able to come into play without making promises, but at least understanding, okay, this is feasible. No, this is not feasible, right? So... Don't do it alone. Let me help you at least understand your goals in lifestyle income, how much flexibility you need also. Uh, you know, and also, are you there to build equity? So someday, if you want, if you have the options, you can sell your business for a huge profit or huge return on your investment. That's something that you need to consider because some businesses will allow you to do that. Others, not so much. So um, that's where we look at uh, number one, your team of experts. I come into play at first because uh, we need to look at the business and find it first. So that would be my role as an E2 visa franchise specialist. Number two, you need an immigration attorney. I work with several attorneys that I can recommend to you. Um, you know, they, they don't have to be in the particular state where you want to be, but uh, I work with people from the East Coast, the West Coast, and everywhere. So I will recommend an attorney for you if you don't have one already. Um, number two, if you, um, let me go back to this one. Oops, um, connection is unstable here. Um, immigration attorney is important because one thing, you can do the process alone, for sure. You can even find the business alone, for sure. Your risk of not getting the E2 visa are tremendous. The immigration attorney is going to know exactly what paperwork, once you find a business and you have made a down payment on that business that you found, the immigration attorney is going to tell you, um, you know, what paperwork you need to submit and, and how to submit it. So it's, it's being, there's going to be some documents, quite a bit of documents to submit for the E2 visa to be eligible and approved. Uh, by the consular officer. So they'll know exactly what they like, what they don't like, and what are the danger zones, right? So they'll guide you in figuring out how to um, succeed in getting an E2 visa. Also, we would need a franchise attorney. Uh, the franchise attorney is the person that I will recommend to you. I work with several franchise attorneys again. Uh, the only reason you need one is so you understand the franchise disclosure document and make sure that everything that is in there is uh, agreeable with you. Uh, I can help you with that, but there's some regulations and laws that can help you understand it. But if you have an attorney, they can at least help you uh, identify areas that may not be uh, approved in your particular state. Remember, the U.S., every state has their own set of rules. 
and it's true for uh, business as well. So those are the three people you're going to need. You're going to need more people, possibly an accountant, and I can recommend people like that. You may need some additional funding once you're in business. I can also recommend people like that. So again, I'm the franchise E2 visa expert. I have 30 years of business ownership uh, experience. I'm a mentor to existing small business owners. Um, I'm also an immigrant from Europe, as you can hear, and um, that experience alone, I think, makes me very unique and adept in helping you because I know exactly what you're going through. Um, and also, I know which franchises work and which ones do not work with E2 Visa. Not every franchisers out there are willing to put the effort of working with people who are applying for an E2 Visa. Not every single franchise is, is suitable for someone who's coming from another country. Again, it depends on you, depends on which country you're coming from, uh, it depends on a lot, of, a lot of things. So I know which one will be able to work with you and which one are not gonna be willing to work with you as E2 visa. So I'll save you a lot of time. Um, also, I partner with hundreds of vetted franchisers, franchisers that are, uh, you know, that are um, respectable and successful. And uh, again, I can recommend attorneys, CPAs, and other business resources as you need it to. So what is a journey of discovery of a franchise? This is how we process. This is how we work. Number one, we have an initial consultation. We need to understand what exactly are you trying to accomplish in this country? What exactly do you want? Where do you want to live? How much money do you want to make? What kind of lifestyle, income? freedom and equity you want to build. So this is what we uncover in the initial consultation. Then we will research several franchises uh, to begin with. Uh, we will make from these several franchises, we'll make a short list because it is a lot of work to validate a franchise. Uh, when I say a lot of work, it's a lot of talking with a franchisor, interviewing them, they interview you. Um, and as a coach, I will guide you on asking the questions that I'm going to give you the answers you need. I will also coach you on how to handle uh, the relationship with a franchisor. It's very important to understand that a franchisor is not going to necessarily work with you because you have tons of money. Uh, if they don't like the way the relationship is looking, they're not going to sign a contract that is not going to make you a partner with them for 10 years because usually... That's not how long a contract agreement with a franchise is. It's about 10 years, typically. It could be 20, could be five, depending, but usually it's 10 years. So they're very careful on who they decide to work with because they don't want a nightmare person on their hands eventually. So, I'll, um, you know, I've had clients being rejected by franchisors and sometimes they were great people to work with and, and the franchisors, they all have their uh, set of, uh, you know, reasons. And usually it's because my client will not listen to what I said when I say, if they send you an email, respond right away. If they send you a phone call or invite you for a webinar, do it right away. Don't, don't look like you're not interested because if you do, they're not going to be interested. So it's really important to understand the, the dynamics of working with a franchisor. And the same goes with you. You may not like them. You, know, you may not like their attitude and you will decide not to invest with them. Um, I would make personal introductions to the particular franchisor shortlist that we've decided to work with. And I will coach you for six to eight weeks and sometimes a lot longer than that uh, to, uh, you know, validate and research these franchises. And again, show, share resources and referrals. So what's the first step? How do we work together? The first step is one hour, no cost consultation. This is just to determine what exactly you want to accomplish and a first initial introduction to each other. Uh, then we look again during that consultation, your lifestyle, your income, your goals uh, in freedom and equity. And we discuss a roadmap to business ownership. Maybe franchising is for you. Then maybe it's a good roadmap for you to get to a business ownership. Maybe you're not ready for this. Maybe you need to invest to have more money saved. And, and I'll help you with a roadmap in getting yourself ready to business ownership, whether it's in franchising or not. And we decide whether it makes sense to work together. I don't work with everybody. I work with some people who are willing to put in the time and effort. That's very important because it costs a lot of time and effort to do this. 
So um, the first step for this one hour free consultation uh, is, and I will send you an email with that link, is to go to my calendar. Uh, you have access to my e-calendar and I encourage you to just pick a time that works for you on my calendar, send, spend an hour, and we're going to discuss whether this is a good uh, venue for you to explore. And uh, I'll provide you with more details based on your personal situation and your goals. And this is where you start. You know, just one hour free consultation, consultation no cost, just an hour of your time. And then if we decide after that one hour of consultation, if we decide that it makes sense to work together, I will collect a one-time fee of $300 that is just to cover my cost in material. This is not how I make money. This is also to show me that you're actually serious about learning about the business. So um, the $300 covers my uh, expenses in all the tests and assessments that we will be doing. Uh, the assessments that we do uh, have a $480 value. We do a psychological behavior strength assessment. It's a very simple test. There's no right and wrong answer. It's simply to identify your strength in behavior and communication. And uh, based on that, we will determine the type of business that might be more or less appropriate for you to succeed in. I will, um, I will um, uh, engage that test, I will give you that test, and, and uh, I have to pay for it, of course, to up to two individual owners. The next uh, step is also to do an analysis of your resume and experience to really identify your skills that are most transferable to business ownership and to what type of business. Here, we're not trying to just find a business that makes money. We're trying to find a business that is most in alignment with who you are and what you want to do with your life here in the U.S. So it's very important to really understand that because a lot of people pick a business because their cousin owned it. Or maybe it was a subway that they know somebody had a subway. Well, it turns out those subways are not such a great hot investment anymore after all. So, you know, not, nothing in subways. There are some very successful locations, but not all of them are. And a lot of people who got into subways or other franchises got it on, on it by accident. It was not really a choice. It was just, they thought, oh, this is a hot franchise of the day. I'm going to invest in it. Guess what? It's the wrong business for them. They have a lifestyle that doesn't is not conducive to that type of environment or they hate food, or they hate this, or they hate the type of people they have to work with. You, we need to find the business that is the best match for you. I'm a matchmaker between business and person. And that's the number one key to success in business. And you have to be in the right business because it's not just about making money. It's about getting up in the morning and being excited about your business and what you want to do with your life. So that's why we do a resume and experience analysis for all the skills that you have that are easily transferable to that particular business that we're looking at. The next thing we do during these assessments is uh, an identification of your goals. You may think what your goals are, and usually most people have a general idea, but as we learn about these businesses, often people's goals change because they realize things they did not know before we started the process. They realize, they realize other possibilities or they realize it the downside of certain types of businesses. So we analyze your goals and we identify and we prioritize them. Then I will research different business options. This is going to take several hours of my time. This is why I asked for $300 deposit just to cover my basic expenses and to make sure that you're actually serious about doing this and you're not going to you know, just look at businesses and say, oh, no, I changed my mind. I want people who are committed to putting the time and effort in learning, not necessarily in investing. So there's a difference. The learning part is, um, you know, you're going to go through a journey of discovery. At the end of this journey, I can promise you one thing, is that you will learn things you had no idea were possible. And, and that's the value in this experience, right? So I'll research business options for you, and we'll create a, a short list uh, of uh, three businesses at a time. And each one of those three businesses you're going to engage with and you're going to learn from and you're going to eliminate the ones that you don't like 
and I will bring you some new ones to discover if you want, if, unless you found the one you like. And this process can take six weeks. Um, and the, the positive uh, information that you've learned or received will use that, but also will re will use the negative information, meaning that, okay, you're going to look at these businesses, you're going to learn from them, you're going to engage with the franchisor, sorry, and you're going to say, oh, you know what, Patricia, I don't like this about that. I don't see myself doing that. Great. That's the information we need to really get to a business that is a better business model for you. Uh, then we will, you know, after we research the business options, I'll put you in contact directly with those business on, with those franchisors, and we'll, we'll do, you and I will have a weekly coaching and discovery of the business. So we'll have one hour a week for at least eight weeks where we meet on video call and we discuss what you've learned, what you like, what you didn't like, and we discuss the next steps with the business discovery. Finally, um, there is an option if you'd like, if you feel courageous, uh, at no additional cost to you, uh, I can enroll you in a strategic small business tutorial education. This is going to teach you the main uh, key elements of business ownership and how to start, grow, and run and succeed, succeed in business. This is a tutorial. It could take you eight hours to do on your own. Um, and or you could do one hour a week and we can discuss um, the results of what you're learning, etc. Okay, so this is another view of our eight, six to eight week roadmap. The number one, we do our consultation, as I said earlier. Number two, we have a uh, identification of the scope of what we want to do. So that's your time budget. Uh, you know, what, uh, what it takes, uh, what does your best franchise look like or your best business look like, etc. Then we have an agreement to work together. And that is only after the first consultation, we decide whether you want to work with me and whether I feel comfortable working with you. And for that, for me to work with you, I need, of course, you know, I said the $300, that's really not the point. I get compensated by franchisors, so it's, you're never going to pay me anything else than that. But I do want a commitment of your time. And the time to do the validation is really my main currency uh, in our exchange. So if you're not willing to put the time in, then I don't want to work uh, with people. If you're willing, you'll have all my attention and my support, but I will work as hard on your business research as you will. So that's where we have an agreement to move forward. Then, after we have that agreement, I'll do the research for you and also start the introduction to immigration attorney. We'll start looking and talking and, and meeting uh, immigration attorneys at that point. Then, uh, the support. This is my support when you do the discovery of the businesses. Again, once a week. Um, other support I provide you is uh, connections to professionals, uh, experts in different fields, whether it's a CPA or insurance company or an expat for coach, uh, for coaches for expats, or setting up your business entity, etc. Finally, uh, the franchise uh, and E2 awards. So once you have made a down payment on your franchise, usually the money, most of the money will go into escrow, and that's where you wait for your E2 visa to be approved. And I think we just spent 53 minutes. It was an awesome webinar. Thank you. So this, so is, this is my information. I'd like you to keep in mind that um, there is the last link here. This is my calendar. Uh, so if you want to know more and have a one-on-one -on -one discussion on video call, I would be delighted to meet you face-to-face -face and uh, give you some ideas on, and uh, maybe uh, see if we can work together. Awesome. Thank you so much for this amazing webinar yeah i learned so much um learning from it and um i just posted in the chat box so if anybody who is live on the call right now has any questions you can either type it into the chat box or if you want to directly ask patricia a question feel free to do so because you know now is your chance now is a live webinar and again you can click on the link in the chat box open for business.youcanbookme.com uh, to book a session, but does anybody have any questions right now? Because now is the time to ask the expert. I take a drink of water.
when they taught me ESL, they told us to wait seven minutes for, you know, after you ask the question. No, seven, not seven minutes, seven seconds. So oh, okay. we'll wait to see what's, what questions you guys have. Or everybody is feeling a little bit shy today. Maybe, maybe they're booking the call. Who knows? Um, but yeah, does anybody have any questions? And does Patricia, do you, Patricia, do you have anything else to add? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, I probably provided too much information. <laughs> yeah, that is true. It's a lot. It's a lot to assimilate. So, um, no, I, I just want to say it's you know learning about uh, E two visa and franchising is you know something that you know if anybody who is on this call is interested in becoming a business owner or is thinking that they want to move to the US, uh, you know it's definitely worthwhile. You're going to learn a lot. You may decide at the end of the, uh, you know, the, the journey or the discovery process that after all, this is not for you. You know, there's not a requirement to invest in any franchise in this process. My only requirement, as I said earlier, is to spend the time to learn. And it could be that at the end of the day or at the end of this journey, you decide you get to a point of clarity and you decide, you know what, this is just not for me. It's too complicated, it's too cumbersome, it's too scary or, or something else changes and no hard feelings. If that's what you've decided, you've decided based on making decision, based on the information you've collected, it's a rational decision and it is success in my book. So even if, you know, understandably, you know, you never know what you get into until you start learning from it, right? So understandably, there are some people who uh, decide that this is not for them, you know, after the learning, and it's perfectly fine. Um, you know, my, my, only, my only requirement is that we actually spend the time to learn it. That's all. Because, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And that's something I learned at my expense when I started the business some 30 years ago. Um, you know, there's so, so many things to learn in business ownership. And again, and again, when you move to another country, there's another whole world of things you need to learn and adapt, not just the language, but the culture and, and how things are done, etc. So it's exciting. It's fun. Um, but it's also very challenging. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for yeah, this welcome. webinar. Yeah, it's so informative and hope you guys got a lot out of it and uh, contact her at the link. And thank you so much. We'll talk to you. Thank you. Soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.